listening to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering at Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope that this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. He was one of the most brilliant men you would have ever met. He followed Jesus for about 30 years. Perseverance, passion with purpose. Now, granted, he would tell you he was certainly not perfect. This man would tell you he was maybe the the chief of sinners, that he had plenty of struggles. He would tell you there was times that he he knew the right thing to do, what it was to follow Jesus, but he didn't do it. (laughs) And there was times where he he just gave in to sin. He would tell you that there were things in his life that he wished the Lord would take away, that, that he would remove that struggle, and he carried it with him to the very end. That said, he was still an incredibly godly man, perhaps the godliest man that you would ever meet. This man made disciples everywhere he went. He shared the gospel everywhere he went. He, he started churches. He actually wrote parts of the Bible, and his name is Paul, the Apostle Paul. He had suffered greatly for Jesus. And yet, even at the end of his life, after so much hardship, after so much difficulty, after so much time spent living for the kingdom of God, even at the end of his life, he found himself alone in a prison cell, destined to have his, most likely his head chopped off, cold and abandoned. How does a man like that, who's so incredibly godly, who's given so much for Jesus, really for for the majority of his life, come to the end of his life and still really like be so lonely and in such hardship. It's, it's simple. It's the same reason or same thing that we know to be true. It's this. Life is hard. <laughs> Life is hard. Really, from, from cover to cover, the Bible is really honest about that, that life is difficult. Yes, it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's thrilling and there are amazing moments, but overall, from, from birth till death, life is pretty hard. Whether it be friendships that you can't seem to keep, whether it be dreams, aspirations that you had, maybe even thought they were from the Lord and they just don't quite pan out how you anticipated Maybe it's, you can't find the right job. Maybe your kids, you, you thought you raised them in the Lord. You, you thought you taught them the ways of the Lord, but it seems like they just keep departing from the ways of the Lord. Maybe it's your family has disowned you or doesn't really relate to you in any way, shape, or form. Life can be hard, really hard. Think about in summer, like there's, there's seasons, and a lot of seasons in life are just, just flat out difficult. One thing I love about the Bible, particularly this passage at the end of 2 Timothy, as we finish this book today, is it's incredibly honest about 
the difficulties that we as men and women and boys and girls face in this life. And this particular passage is dripping with humanity. So it's, it, it is God's word, but as we read this, this last little bit of Paul's letter to Timothy, you can't help but see just the, the, the aspect of human nature woven all throughout this text. And as we read it, What's really amazing is we don't just kind of get some insight into what was going on as Paul wrapped up his life, but we actually get to see what can we do when life is hard. And most of us, when life gets difficult, we just kind of throw in the towel. We just, maybe we don't literally give up, but we just, we just kind of start meandering and moping through life as, it's, as if it's just drudgery. But if we're gonna look at Paul, in the midst of terrible hardship, he, he doesn't give up. There's some things he keeps doing. You know, some of you are in, are in hardship this morning. Like you would say, maybe it's a miracle that you came to church this morning. And others, you, that, that feels distant. You know, it's funny the conversations that you get to hear kids have in the back of the car sometimes. My wife was taking the kids uh, somewhere a couple weeks ago, and our daughter is in, she's doing some uh, Spanish schoolwork this summer to keep up. She's in a Spanish immersion program. She's trying to keep that up. And as Lauren was driving, they're both five years old, Caroline Tate and Haddon somewhere. Uh, Caroline Tate said, yeah, Bubba, you know why I'm, uh, you know why I'm doing, she calls it sunny school. You know why I'm doing sunny school and learning uh, Spanish this summer? And Haddon said, no. She said, that way when somebody says, como esta, I'm not like, what? <laughs> like, that's a good reason to practice, yeah. <laughs> I love that she already gets, even at this age, that like, hey, maybe she doesn't need to know Spanish right this second in our household. <laughs> But there will be times where it would be really helpful if she's already trained herself now, right? You may not be in a season of hardship now, especially like just like students, I would imagine that you feel like summertime, there's no hardship. But the reality is if you can train yourself now to do the things that Paul displays in this letter, you will more naturally and easily run to them when life is hard. And believe me, it does get hard sometimes. So let's, let's read through this text and then we're going to look at five things that we can do when life is hard. Verse 9 of chapter 4 of 2 Timothy. Keep in mind, he's, he's in prison. Paul's in prison, awaiting death as he writes this to Timothy. He says, Make every effort to come to me soon, because Demas has deserted me, since he loved this present world and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you, for he is useful to me in the ministry. I have sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak I left in Troas with Carpus, as well as the scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did great harm to me. The Lord will repay him according to his works. Watch out for him yourself, because he strongly opposed our words. At my first defense, no one stood by me, but Everyone deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that I might fully preach the word and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil work and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Aquila and the household household of Onesiphorus. Erastus has remained at Corinth. I left Trophimus sick at Miletus. Make every effort to come to you, excuse me, make every effort to come before winter. 
Eubulus greets you, as do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. If y'all want to give me a bonus afterwards for reading all those names right, you can do I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. The most nervous part of the sermon is reading those names. Also, it turns out Charlie Brown did not come up with Linus. He was in the Bible, okay? Anyways, first thing, number one, we see Paul doing this passage and that we can do when life is hard. Number one, don't quit on community. Don't quit on community, on relationships. Notice in, in verse 10, he says, man, Timothy, I'm longing for you to come and see me because Demas has deserted me. So if you're familiar with the New Testament, a couple other times in the New Testament, Demas is mentioned, and he's normally uh, referenced also in accordance with Luke. So apparently they were, they were traveling buddies, and Demas had been a part of the gospel ministry. He had been walking with and serving with Paul, or serving the Lord along with Paul and with Luke. But at some point, he decided that the trappings, the, the joys, the momentary joys of this world were, were more pleasurable to him than Jesus. So this text would seem to indicate that Demas turned away from Jesus. And the reality is, even when people say, no, it's, about, it's not about you. It's just, I don't really believe in Jesus anymore. It's, I don't like church. Man, that's, that's always personal when people turn away from the faith. Like if you know Jesus, when people turn away from Jesus, that, that stings a little bit. No doubt, Paul, after having done ministry with Demas, man, this stings a little bit. That he's, he's turned away. We don't know, the context isn't really given to um, why Crescens has gone to Galatia or Titus to Dalmatia. We know Tychicus went to Ephesus probably because Timothy was at Ephesus and Paul wants Timothy to come and visit him. So Tychicus is gonna go and take the reins of the church there in Ephesus. So again, we're not really sure why these other men are not with Paul, but the, the point is he's alone. He says he's got Luke there in Rome with him, but so many of the deep relationships he had held dear and encountered is so valuable to him that they're, they're nowhere to be found at this point. Some of them just by God's calling them to different directions, but also some of them by choice to say, you know what, Paul, I'm not gonna stand with you. And did you see in, in verse 16, it says that my first defense, no one stood by me. So most likely what Paul's referring to is, is the first time that he went and stood before the Roman court. So while he's in prison there, he goes and stands before the Roman court. And it's possible he was standing before even the emperor himself could have been one of the people there. And he says, when I stood there, no one came to my defense. Wasn't like, oh, I had a couple of buddies. No, literally no one came and stood with me. Probably out of fear of what would happen to them if they associated themselves with Paul. Christians were beginning to be martyred and killed, particularly in Rome at that time, being accused of all kinds of ridiculous things. One of them being they were accused of cannibalism because they would talk about, talk about uh, partaking in the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ, which we know is by faith, right? We celebrate the Lord's Supper, the bread and the cup, and it's, it's a symbol that it's where we've trusted in Jesus, his perfect gift of laying his life down for us. But the Romans were twisting that and saying, nah, they're cannibals. I'm not sure what Paul was being accused of, but when he stood before that court, not one single brother or sister in Christ was willing to associate with him. You know, a lot of us, when, when we feel abandoned by people, or just like when you get burned, when someone treats you dirty, 
we tend to just say, man, forget it. We assume just not be in a relationship if relationship is gonna hurt. But that is not at all what Paul demonstrates in this passage. Look at the end. He tell, man, greet Prisca and Aquila and in the midst of all these other people. Man, tell them, hey, tell them that, that God's spirit is with them and grace and peace be with them. And think about how he opens this part of the letter telling Timothy, make every effort to come to me soon. If you go back to chapter one, verse four, he said to Timothy, remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. So notice this tension. They're, they're not incompatible. Paul, as we've read through this letter, is longing and looking forward to the coming of Jesus Christ. But he also simultaneously longs to see his friend, his brother in Christ, Timothy. Friends, don't be so, quote, spiritual that you don't think you need relationships. We are built for community. When life gets hard, don't quit. Don't give up on relationships. What does it look like? Man, keep, keep meeting with brothers and sisters in Christ. When, when someone texts you or calls you or whatever, emails you, you should respond to them. Answer them. Oh, I'm just busy. I like. No, relationships matter. I, I want to ask you, who are your people? Like, if you don't know how to answer that question, if, if I said, who, who are your people, or ask you, who are your people? And you're like, I don't know. Like, it, that's something to work on. Paul had people <laughs> that he could turn to, that he, could, that he ran with. Who, who are your people? If you're not sure how to answer that question, I think a good practical way to live out this passage would be sometime today, begin to make a list of maybe who you think your people are. And if you're not sure you have any people, then ask some people to be your people. <laughs> hey, I know life is best lived with community. Man, would you be willing to walk alongside me? And by the way, you don't find community, you build community. So don't go to a coffee or whatever, breakfast with a guy one time and be like, man, we just didn't really connect. I don't think we can be friends. Like, you don't even know them. <laughs> you don't find it, you build it. You know why community is important? It's important for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is because of the second thing we see Paul doing in this passage, and it's this, something else we can do when life is hard. Really simple, ask for help. Ask for help. How many of us, we, life is harder than it has to be because we won't just ask people for help? Look, look at the text Paul says in verse 12. When you come, bring the cloak I left in Troas with Carpus. So he's like, hey, you know that, that jacket, that big jacket I left with Carpus? Uh, I'm gonna need it back because I'm freezing in this prison. Notice, he doesn't say, you know, Timothy, God gives us strength in every situation, which he does. We'll get to that in a minute. But so I, even though it's cold, the Lord's strength gives me warmth. Like, no, just, I, I'm cold. Would you bring my jacket? We're gonna see, we already read it. The Lord is with him. He knows that God's given him strength, but he still could use some just practical help. Would you bring my jacket? And, and it's already made clear, like, I, I'm lonely. Would you come visit me? See, asking for help requires that you be real that you get honest about your situation. One of our core values at the church is authenticity, that we seek to be real, 
for the purpose of personal and kingdom growth. Your, your growth as a child of God is hindered when you can't be real with other people about your needs in life. So ask for help. It's gonna require you humbling yourself so that you can embrace God's grace through other people. Of, of whether it's them giving you, whether it be financial help or just a listening ear because you need someone to, to just unload on for a little bit, to, for them to carry that burden. Whether it be them uh, processing, okay, how do I face a situation? I need some wisdom. Don't be afraid to ask for help when life is hard. It's one of God's clearest gifts to us. Don't be so prideful that you can't just say, hey, brother, sister, I need you a little bit. You know, there's a third thing that Paul asked for when he was writing to Timothy, and it's in verse 13, where he says, we bring the cloak I left in Troas with Carpus, as well as the scrolls, especially the parchments. Here's the third thing we see Paul do in this text. Soak up the scriptures. Soak up the scriptures. Now, I know it doesn't say bring the Bible, but think about it. The, the, the Bible, as we know, it was still being compiled at this time. So he says, bring the scrolls, bring the parchments. Uh, most scholars agree that probably he's referring to his copy of the Old Testament texts, but also probably copies of the Gospels that had already, uh, some of the earliest copies of the Gospels that had already been written and recorded. And, and Paul's saying, hey, uh, bring those to me so I can continue studying, so I can continue reading. You know, think about that. This man has written a large portion of the New Testament, is sitting in prison for the cause of Christ, fixing to lose his head for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet he's like, hey, I wanna keep my head fresh. I wanna keep my, head, my mind focused on the things of Jesus. Would you bring the scrolls? Would you bring the parchments? And to the very end, soaking up every bit of scripture that he can, leading in to the Bible. You know, often when, when life gets hard, the first thing we do is like, we put down the Bible and we'd, we'd rather numb with TV or social media or, or maybe something a little more damaging than those things. Hey, it's okay to relax sometimes and just like, sometimes you need to unplug, but never unplug from the scriptures. There's never a difficulty. There's never a season. There's never a hardship that God would go, you know, you know what? Yeah, you should just take, away, take a break from the Bible. No, cling to the word of God. Read it, memorize it, meditate on it. You know, we, we, we're all, we all lean towards ruminating on things anyway. You know what ruminate means? Like you just chew on something over and over and over and over again. When life is hard, we tend to ruminate on how difficult it is. And we go worse, well, if this happens and this is gonna happen, and we kind of overestimate our responsibility maybe or, or overestimate the threat that, that awaits us. And what Christ is calling us to do is to dig into the truths of scripture, to fix our eyes on what is true and lovely and pure, to soak up the scriptures. You know, when you do that, when you dive into the scriptures, they're gonna help you do this fourth thing that we see Paul do in this text, and that's this, focus on kingdom wins. Focus on kingdom wins. What does that mean? Put your attention and your purpose and your, your actions into seeing the gospel of Christ move forward, to seeing the gospel 
take ground and, and, and make ground. So a couple of things in this passage. First of all, in verses 16 through 17, he says, by first offense, no one stood by me, but everyone deserted me. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that I might fully preach the word and all the Gentiles might hear it. So he's saying, he's recognizing, look, everybody deserted me. I've been alone here. I've been alone when I went and stood before this Roman court, but I got to preach the gospel and it's spreading from there. The Roman court at this time was the most visible, accessible court in the world. And the gospel by being preached in the Roman court could literally go to the ends of the earth from Rome. So he's saying, you know what? I'm in prison, but the gospel's moving forward. That's all that matters to me. Makes me think of Philippians chapter one, where Paul says, look, what has happened to me, that was a different imprisonment, but he said, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. See, Paul was always wearing his gospel glasses. No matter what hardship I'm in, I've got these gospel lenses that I'm gonna see how can the gospel move forward. If people are hearing about Jesus, if they're finding their greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus, it's all good. (laughs) That's what matters to me. So he's, he's celebrating the past. Man, I got to preach the gospel. But look, even while he's knowing he's fixing to die, he's still champion, championing, championing the future of the gospel. Look back at what he said about Mark in verse 11. He said, bring Mark with me, for he is useful to me in the ministry. So keep in mind, Paul and Mark had had some issues with each other. At one point, they had even separated. They were still you know, both believers. They said, man, we can't work together. Paul particularly was like, I'm done with Mark. But now here at the end of his life, he's, you know, you know what? Hey, bring Mark because I know God's not through with him. I, I believe Paul was wanting to invest in Mark. God's still gonna use Mark. So hey, bring him here. I still wanna champion the cause of Jesus Christ. What can you do even if you're in a prison and you've hit a wall in life? You can still celebrate how you've seen God move, and you can still champion the cause of Christ with everyone you meet. Focus on kingdom wins. Man, what does that look like? When you're in the dumps, when you're meeting, when you're depressed, and life is just hard. Sometimes you don't even know what to pray. You can ask yourself a couple questions. Where have I seen God at work? Friends, God is always at work. So you can step back sometimes, get your eyes off of yourself for just a quick second and step back and say, hey, where have I seen God at work? Like, and if you're like, even in this moment, if you're not sure how to answer that question, y'all, five kids gave their life to Christ this week. Let's go. That's awesome. Yeah, we clap again. That's okay. So maybe you, you are here this morning and you feel super depressed. You can celebrate that five kids gave their life to Jesus. Where have I seen God work? Another question you can ask to focus on kingdom wins, who could I encourage or pray for? I love this. Paul's in prison, fixing to die, and he's like, hey, Timothy, tell Prisca I said, hey. (laughs) How many of us, when life gets hard, we become totally self-absorbed with our situation, and Paul's still outward focused. He doesn't have just a mirror in front of him. No, he's looking out the window. Who can I bless? Who can I encourage? Who can you pray for? Who can you encourage? The third question you can ask yourself to focus on kingdom wins, how can I make much of Jesus in this situation? There's a man here at this church named Steve Evans who for the past probably five years 
has had an endless battle with back trouble and is in the hospital, I feel like more than he's at home. And anytime we visit him, it is a joy to hear about. First of all, he knows all the nurses and doctors' names, and he tells us, he'll tell me their, what's going on in their life, how he's praying for them, who he shared the gospel with. The, the man sometimes literally cannot move as he lays here in the hospital bed, but he's making much of Jesus wherever life takes him. Focus on kingdom wins. Even when everything else falls apart, King Jesus is still on the throne and he's still winning. Focus on that. Which brings to the fifth thing Paul did, it jumps off the pages. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. This is real simple. Where are your eyes? Are your eyes on yourself? Are your eyes on the hardship? Or, or are your eyes on Jesus? Remember him. Paul says, yeah, everyone deserted me, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. He says, yeah, I maybe have been totally alone in that moment and facing the Roman court, fixing to die for my following Jesus, but the Lord stood with me. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, that passage is not about you can eat cereal you don't like or you can jump off the blob, onto the blob at camp. That's not what that is about. It's about in every season, in every situation, in every hardship, you can be who God calls you to be. You can find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus because Christ is with you, he's in you, and he strengthens you. Remember Jesus. So he's strengthening me for his purposes. In verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil work and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. He says, you know, no matter what happens, the Lord is with me. So nothing, no hardship that you face, no difficulty that you face is allowed to circumvent the perfect, righteous plans of Jesus Christ. There's no arrow that gets to you that went around God. No, everything that you experience is filtered through, filtered through the gracious, just, perfect, wise hands of Jesus Christ. So, so, so there's no evil plan that will prevail in my life because Jesus has got me. And he's gonna bring me safely into his kingdom. So even when I die, Jesus is still right there beside me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Remember Jesus. See, Paul doesn't give any false perspective on how easy or difficult his life is. Hey, life is hard, but to the very end, if you know Jesus, he is with you. He will sustain you. He will walk you into heaven's gates when the time comes. Don't quit on community. Ask for help. Soak up the scriptures. Focus on kingdom wins. Remember Jesus. It was kind of cool. As we're finishing this book now, the very last, this very last text still points us to Jesus. It's still a picture of Jesus. Look at verse 22. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace 
be with you all. See, Paul can extend grace because he, knew, even in hardship, because he knew the grace of Jesus. See, Paul's story is really just a reflection that points us back to the story of Jesus. Let me ask you something. Verse 16, when he says, at my first defense, no one stood by me, but everyone deserted me. May it not be counted against them. What does that remind you of? Reminds, yeah, that's right. Reminds me of Jesus on the cross when all of his disciples had deserted him and he hung there being mocked. What did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. See, Paul can finish well. Paul can, can run well even when life is hard because he remembered the story of Jesus. And the story of Jesus was much harder than the life that Paul ever lived. Now see, Jesus faced the wrath of God so that we would not have to face the wrath of God. Jesus was cut off and abandoned and destitute and left alone so that you and I could enjoy the presence of God forever. Jesus faced the complete and utter darkness of hell itself so that you, could be, you and I could be welcomed in to the light of Jesus Christ and walk in the light of God. See, life is hard, but Jesus is hope. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Our worship team's gonna come on up this way. In a minute, we're gonna have a time to, to sing and respond. But as we're quiet for just a, a moment, I wanna ask you, which one of those five things that we saw in this text today is the Lord inviting you to, calling you to lean into right now? Would you just like, I mean, the posture of just, being open-handed with the Lord said, God, which one of these do I need to, to ramp up a little bit? Which one of these am I lacking in my life right now? As we sing in just a minute, there are gonna be some, some ministers down front to pray with you, to encourage you. And if maybe you're the person who the Lord's tapping on your heart and say, hey, you need to ask for help. My, my encouragement to you would be to come down front, find one of these folks and just say, hey, would you pray for me? You don't have to tell them what's going on. You're welcome to. But you don't have to tell them the hardship you're facing. But just say, hey, would you... Pray for, pray for me right now. And we, we would delight in that. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus' free gift of salvation. You've never trusted him for salvation. Man, he extends grace to you. If you'll simply turn from your sin and turn to him, Jesus, I, I believe in you. I know I'm a wreck. I know I'm a mess, but Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe in you. I, I confess you as Lord. If you were encouraged by today's message, subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcasts. To learn more about the venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church. 